You're listening to the New Artist Workshop. I can't actually remember the last time you were the one risking something. And by the way, the women are always saving the men around here. You might want to think about changing the name to ex-women. your favorite podcast now that's what i call a franchise i'm peter mancuso and i'm viviana metzger and this is a show where peter and i pick a film franchise and go through every single installment the good the bad and the ugly and to be clear we are defining a franchise as a series of films with at least four entries we've been talking about the x-men franchise this is the 12th entry in the franchise so viviana what are we talking about today Today we are talking about the 2019 film Dark Phoenix, and this is your one and only spoiler warning, so yeah. So here's the letterboxed blurb, um, and it is by far the longest letterboxed blurb thus far. <laughs> is that a um, run-on sentence? Uh, we're going to find out. So <laughs> um, here it is. <clears throat> the X-Men face their most formidable formidable and powerful foe. I feel like they say that every time. <laughs> uh, when one of their own, Jean Grey, starts to spiral out of control. During a rescue mission in outer space, Jean is nearly killed when she's hit by a mysterious cosmic force. When she returns home, this force not only makes her infinitely more powerful, but far more unstable. The X-Men must now band together to save her soul and battle aliens that want to use Grey's new abilities to rule the galaxy. I feel like any one of those sentences could have been the blurb. Oh my. And it, and it was just a big, basically just explained the entire plot of the movie, except for like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk, let's do a little bit of basic info. Okay. Um, so it was directed, it was written and directed mm-hmm. by, by Simon Kinberg, mm. who has been involved with the franchise up to this point. Okay. Um, he had, he had co-written The Last Stand, mm-hmm. Days of Future Past, um, X-Men Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He had produced... In addition to producing those, he also produced and not co-wrote uh, First Class, both Deadpool's, Logan. Um, mm. And this film is actually his directorial debut. Mm. Um, and it shows. Um, it was distributed by 20th Century Fox. Uh, it came out in June of 2019. Uh, just only maybe about a Ooh. month after <laughs> Avengers Endgame. What? I'm looking at those numbers. Oh, you're looking up? Yeah. Uh, the the numbers that Viviana's referring to, it was made for a budget of about $200 million and grossed only $252 million. And you would think, okay, well, it, it at least made a profit. Well, no, because uh, the budget doesn't factor in, like, advertising. Mm-hmm. So a good rule of thumb is, like, you want to make back double your budget just to break even. Yeah. Um, so this was by... by yeah, it was a flop. They, they lost money. They, they, yeah, they lost money on this. X-Men Apocalypse also was not, like, a great moneymaker, but I don't... You know, it, it wasn't as bad as this. This is, like, bad. Um, this is honestly, looking at all the films, even, like, the really shitty ones, mm-hmm. this is probably, like, the first true, like, big flop of, it, of, of it, them thus far. More than Apocalypse? Yeah, because Apocalypse was, like, underwhelming. Mm. Especially coming off of Future Past, Deadpool. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... Well, let me look. So, uh, Apocalypse... Um, it's all, I mean, it was made for less money than this. Mm-hmm. It was made for about $178 million and made $544 million. Mm-hmm. So that was more than double. 
Mm-hmm. So again, it wasn't it wasn't gangbusters. It yeah. just, but it it was it it was still you know okay. It was successful ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say this is like the first true flop. Yeah. Um, like it literally. That's true. Like all of the other percent returns are like at least in the hundreds, if not two hundred percent, three hundred percent. But this one is like twenty six percent return. Um, and again, that's not covering advertising costs. So if anyone knows anything about numbers, or maybe you don't. That's a bad investment. It's just bad. It's that's just, a very bad investment. It's yeah. Um, so in terms of previous experience, neither of us had seen this before. Nope. I didn't even know this existed. And you, you know, I think that, I think a lot of people didn't know that it existed, which is why I didn't do so super well. Yeah. I think um, this is part of the trivia. Um, and uh, where where is it? I'll, I'll paraphrase it and then I'll we'll talk about it again later. But Simon Kinberg mm-hmm. partially blamed the film's box office failure on the fact like, so the the this is very this film is very much like a victim of like the Disney Fox acquisition. Yeah. Um, where for those of you who don't. No, basically, you know, 20th Century Fox, its own big movie studio that existed before Disney existed. Yeah, um, yeah. Was bought by Disney in late 2017. Um, and by the time this movie starts coming out, like, I think Simon Kinberg says something like the advertising budget was kind of cut or like was delayed because of the 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 merger. So like as, there wasn't as much advertising as he would have wanted for it. But I don't think, it, I think it's, um, don't think it, I still don't think it would have done well. That- that might have been a factor, but I don't think that was the entire reason. <laughs> and and I would even I would go so far as to say that Apocalypse only did as well as it did off of the heels of Days of Future Past. Hmm. So because people didn't really like Apocalypse, like more, even more people didn't show up for yeah. uh, this movie. Yeah. You know, and again, it only came out like a month after Endgame. That was mm-hmm. another reason that Simon King like that's another, something else he blamed it on. <coughs> oh, Vivian is choking. <coughs> Wrong pipe. <laughs> yeah, wrong pipe. <coughs> um, <coughs> my epiglottis didn't much, work. Much how, like, this film kind of went down the wrong pipe of Hollywood. <coughs> you know? Um, yeah, he tried blaming... He keeps blaming on a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, no, the movie's just not good. Oh, Simon. It's just it's just not good. Do I want to say it's the worst one? I don't know. I think that's what we're going to talk about. Is it worse than Apocalypse? Mm. I don't know. I feel like Apocalypse no, I... had higher highs... But lower lows, whereas this one was more just like consistently I think it's just mediocre. Perfectly fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, like. So a little bit of background on the on the movie. Um, so Kinberg, like I said, so he had co-written uh, X Men: The Last Stand, which also uh, was an attempt to tell the Dark Phoenix storyline. Yes. So he had already been involved with this, but him and his co-writer Zach Penn. Uh, we're not happy with how that that the Dark Phoenix arc played out. Um, he really loves the storyline. Yeah, well, I mean, it is one of the most, not just one of the most famous X-Men storylines, but one of the most famous storylines in comic book history, right? Sure, um, sure. So I can see, like, the urge to, like, let's try to do it again. Like, let's try to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes sense that the last time it didn't really work out super well because it, you know, it was, like, one of two storylines because yes, let's not forget yes. there was also, like, the Cure. The Cure one, yeah. Um... Fast forward to, like, the mid-2010s, you know, after they reset the timeline with Days of Future Past, yeah, they now so had the chance to redo it. has to be... This is completely a different timeline, right? Because... 100%. Okay, because I was like, how did they die if 
20 you know, this like is, 10 this years is... later they're supposed to be at the Empire State Building you mean the Statue of Liberty the Statue of Liberty <laughs> no you know this is this is the new timeline created from Days of Future Past okay um but Days of Future Past did exactly what Fox wanted was basically wipe away all the shit that come before it <laughs> And make new shit. And they, and they, well, as, as we now in hindsight see, makes new shit. But this was kind of one of the benefits was like now they have the chance to redo the storyline and like quote unquote do it right. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And they also kind of wanted, even though they don't like literally reset the timeline again, they Fox kind of wanted this to kind of be like a soft-ish reboot of the franchise again. Focusing more on the newer characters because of the mm. underperformance of Apocalypse, both 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 financially and critically. It's not like critics loved it, but people didn't go see it. Like critics yeah. didn't like it. If, yeah. if anything, critics disliked it more than fans did. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted something bold, uh, in the way that Logan was bold, Deadpool was bold. Um, I feel like this is like the least bold movie <laughs> in the whole franchise. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, the film. You know when a movie keeps getting pushed back, <laughs> it's going to be a phenomenal film. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The film was meant to come out in November 2018, but then was pushed to February 2019, and then pushed again to June 2019 uh, because there was reshoots, because they did test screenings that were very negative. So they like had to reshoot stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, like change scenes. Yeah. Change, you know. So it was just, it was just a clusterfuck. <laughs> okay. Um, so why don't we get into the nitty gritty here and talk about... What we think? Uh, okay. Um, I actually have more notes on this than Deadpool, despite liking Dead. Excuse me, Deadpool two, despite liking that movie more. Mm. I think. Okay. Uh, but I have more notes here, but probably because I don't like it as much. Like I have more sure, to complain sure. about. Let's um, start us off. Um, Sophie Turner. <laughs> but let's just start there. I'm sorry. <laughs> she definitely is better in this than she was in the last one, for sure. But okay. that's not really saying much Mm-mm. because she was kind of like, like, again, I'm, I am I, I don't want to like feed into like hate culture where basically <laughs> people just like talk about how much they hate something from like a movie or piece of media to like mm-hmm. make it entertaining. But I'm going to do that for the next like couple <laughs> minutes. I feel like you, in, at least in Apocalypse, you could have just set up like a mop what? instead of Sophie Turner <laughs> and it still would have been like an equally... Oh my- before. Like I feel like she did a horrible job in the last I, one. I feel like she's this just one's like a little bit better miscast because like I mean I don't know if like I don't know where she stands on like the the big stage you know but like giving her some benefit of the doubt like she's a very emoteless actress and when she does it's usually like very strong restrained and fierce and cold you know like mm-hmm. sansa i was gonna like, ask is that because that kind of like fit her character on game of thrones well um yeah she's basically like the same person <laughs> she's basically the same person until like the maybe last she's season. just playing one character and isn't a good actor. yeah i'm maybe. sorry <laughs> I, I know joe jonas loves her i'm sorry but i uh, okay <laughs> but yeah she, kind of like a uh, actress i guess but like she, I think she does really well, like, in that respect. Whereas, like, I think because there is less of this, or, like, it's supposed to be, like, more chaotic than, like, a very I'm holding myself back to tell you off type of thing. Like, 
Yeah. It doesn't go well. She's just... She's <laughs> like a... You know, like an... The Ed- Dark Phoenix thing is a very emotional situation <laughs> to be yeah. in. Yeah. You know Ed, Ed, and Eddie? Yes. <laughs> you know the plank of wood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was a meter. That was... <laughs> I don't know, like, literally the first thing that the movie, the movie starts after the 20th Century Fox logo with, I don't know, this is the 12th movie in the franchise. Why are they suddenly now highlighting the X in Fox? <laughs> Red, like, oh, it's like, a, like, a little, do a little too late. Uh, to do like a cool, anyway. But then after that, the first thing is like a little voiceover from Sophie Turner saying some like very generic cliche line. Also, another thing about this, like the script oh. is very, has so many cliched, like, lines or so like, many like, that like viviana was like, predicting them. i yeah. i said them like five seconds before they said like them. as a joke like and then and, and then that's they would bad say like usually i can't guess but like that 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 was bad like <laughs> yeah so she makes some like speech at the beginning like like you know like i don't even remember what she says but it's like you know something like, about being destined to yeah. like basically you got to choose your own like can you choose your own destiny yeah or like are you just predetermined fate and then and Sophie Turner reading it was, I was just like, oh man, I'm, I'm not, this is not going to be fun. Which is so weird. Cause like, <laughs> again, to be fair, not like, not, it's not like the actress from the original X-Men films, like was much better, but when she had to be like, like she, she was able like for those scenes that she needed to be more like yeah. emotional or like have more dimension. She did. Yeah, you know, I would I, say her flaw was the the material didn't give her like that actress. I thought did a good job. She just didn't have good material to work yeah. with. Um, whereas in this problem, like she still doesn't have Sophie Turner also doesn't have good material, but Sophie Turner doesn't know what to do with bad material. Yeah, I feel I feel like maybe the difference was like the the infusion of like maybe sexuality because like she, like the, in the, the older one, yeah, seen? like the older Jean Grey would like be kind of like more promiscuous and like or at least like, people like mystique if she's um, like impersonating her but that actress still yeah, has to or, do it well so I'm, like, I'm thinking about i'm thinking about when oh, she's when on she's the table the oh yes, yeah yes, and then yes. she she's trying to have sex with Sorry, logan yes. and then she like turns or she's like you know just the emotions are so strong but also like you know so mm-hmm. yeah but that didn't happen and um I would say, if anything, in the originals, yeah. Jean was more underdeveloped, whereas in this movie, she's just, like, poorly written. Like, it's, like, actually, mm-hmm. like, not good. Um, feel, and so Sophie Turner doesn't know what to I do I feel like it. the other actors could have done that, you know? Because like, in a vacuum, I feel like, like, of all the stuff about the Dark Phoenix, uh, <laughs> the way they portrayed it in The Last Stand, yeah. I don't think Famke Jensen's performance is the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think... Uh, I, I mean, she know, was Dark Phoenix for, like, two minutes, and then, like... <laughs> it was very rushed, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, so we start with a flashback of Jean as a little girl, which, even though these are different timelines... See, here's the thing. I don't mind... Obviously, there's different timelines. Yeah. But theoretically, people would still be being born at the same times. Okay. How is... In the original timeline, Jean is, like, this age in, like, the mid-80s. Okay. But now she's this age in the mid-70s. Uh, so, what's going on? I don't know. Um, it doesn't really matter. Oh, well, also, one thing before we get into it, I would like to say that, like, uh, for a movie that kind of, like, opens up with a VO that is not Charles, I feel like would be a lot more character-centered, but uh, I feel like we just didn't really get, like, 
in much insight into it. Like, yeah, it was it was like when when it was happening, the transitions or whatever to Dark Phoenix or like, you like know, it was kind story. of taking over. It was just like ah, the camera's shaky. Like it didn't like I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I know. Like, I think what you're trying to say is like, like I like, couldn't really get emotionally involved because like. I wish I had a little bit more insight into her emotional she, journey besides just, like, yeah, the obvious like, cliche external, like, oh, get out of my head. Like, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it, it, it isn't very or, novel. Yeah. And even like, if it's not, but even if, like, you discount the fact, like, it's, like, very generic, it also is, like, a very, like, it's not a very uh, effective it's not, filmmaking tactic. Yeah, anyway. it's not compelling because... Um, even while we were watching it, I was like, oh, look at that. Someone changes, like, all of their morals or, like, standpoint after, like, a two-minute pep talk. Like, like there's nothing, there's no push and pull. It's really just, like, this needs to happen in order to move the story, like. It, it also doesn't help that, like, this movie is a sequel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I never, I didn't really feel like I really understood Jean in the, from the last one either. No, she was barely in it. That's what I'm saying. Like, and then, like, you know what I mean? Like, this movie, this is, this if film. If anything, she should have been more bitchier. Because she was bitchy in the first one. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of bitchy. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least that would be interesting. The the, the flaws of this film are a direct result of the flaws of uh, Apocalypse. And if we remember, one of the things I had said about Apocalypse was, like, the movie doesn't really do a good job of making us care about any of the characters. So the only characters we do care about are the, not just the characters, but the characters as played by these actors Yeah. that, that, that are, that were in movies that didn't make us care about them. So like yeah. in Apocalypse, <laughs> I care about Magneto because like first class of Days of Future Past maybe, maybe care about yeah. Michael Fassbender's yeah. Magneto. And then, and well, I do not care but, about the new guys. Well, that's the thing because the, <laughs> their only appearance in <laughs> this iteration um, and, uh, we're, we're even supposed to, like, care for, like, the first class people, like, like, Raven and Hank and everything. I'm like, mm, yeah, this I movie definitely, like, really, loses, I yeah. Really care. Though I will say, and we'll get into it, the first, it's kind of like Deadpool 2, where, like, the first, like, 10 minutes, yeah. I, I was kind of liking it. Yeah. I thought the pacing was good, the performances were fine, the, I thought it was, like, a good, schlocky, comic booky kind of movie. Yeah, that that's a great and it wasn't dull. segue into it. Yeah, because I, I did enjoy like the opening bit with like her as a kid and then like you know not being able to control her powers and like all this stuff. Like I, I like the stuff with like the X Men going in to rescue the like it's very like it feels like it was again I did not really watch the animated series very much. I think I see like I saw like a couple because when I was a kid this is like pre Netflix obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, like, the only way if I wanted to watch that, because it wasn't really on TV and reruns. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think I only ever saw the animated series as, like, renting VHSs from the library. And, like, the VHSs oh, would wow. have, like, like two episodes on it. It would yeah, be, like, a compilation yeah. of, like, two or three episodes <laughs> that, like, had nothing to do with each other. <laughs> Back in the day, Like, man. yeah. Like, renting from the library. Um, but anyway. Not even Blockbuster. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I mean, it's free. Um, That's true. No, but, um... It felt like this could, despite me not really having a lot of familiarity with the animated series, I feel like this first 10 minutes, like, a schlocky premise, like, 
the X-Men have to be called in by the president to go yeah, rescue yeah. up. And I was like, you know what? If the movie's like that's this. That's fine. That's fine. I was like, if the movie's like this, like, okay, like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, it seems kind of fun. Like, I like the I like seeing them have their powers. Yeah, the mayor has to call the Powerpuff Girls, so why can't the president <laughs> call in the X-Men? Sometimes I'm easier on, I mean, it seems like paradoxical, but like, sometimes I'm easier on movies that like are worse but like aren't trying to be better than a movie that's trying to be better but is like <laughs> okay. if you have a movie that's trying to be really really good and misses the mark yeah it's really painfully clear but if yeah. the movie like but but if you have a movie like this is my hot take of of the star wars sequel trilogy and we'll get to this when we touch star wars <laughs> I don't my favorite waves <laughs> I, look i don't want to make waves this is really gonna make waves this is like the most unpopular star wars opinion you could possibly have uh, okay. My favorite of the sequel trilogy of episodes eight, seven, eight, and nine okay. is nine because it's pretty bad, but the good stuff I can do it, because it's because it it's the one where Palpatine comes back to life. Viviana's looking at me with stupefaction, but oh, not because she's offended. Like, be, where he like becomes Darth Vader. No, no. Oh, not the newer three. ones. The newer ones. The oh, newer oh, oh. ones. I thought you were when you said when you said the sequels. I thought I was thinking of the prequels. early two thousands. Okay, anyway. He said the sequels. You thought the exact opposite, of course. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, because with the Rise of Skywalker, it's a pretty bad film. Yes. But because of that, I can just enjoy the good parts of it. Yes. Like it's it's not so bad that makes me angry, and like because it's Star Warsy, yes. like I can enjoy it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yes. I can just enjoy it for what it is. Because it's not trying to be more. Okay. Whereas something else, that, like, like my, my point being is that, like, I kind of liked this. I If it was if it was just like the 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes, <laughs> I would like it more than Apocalypse. Because Apocalypse is trying to be, like, this super serious epic. Yeah. And failing. We're whereas so this movie unfocused. was just, whereas this movie was, at least in the first 10 minutes, was just like, okay. Classic it's, origin story. Classic, right? It's just like a dumb you superhero know? movie. Okay, let's just... Okay, let's just... I'm just gonna enjoy this for what it is. Oh, cool powers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, look. The storm's sewing up the uh, spaceship with ice. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm for it. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um. But anyway, but we're, we're, we're jumping ahead. So, so uh, 1975. Yeah. Jean's with her parents in, her, in the car. And Jean wants them to change the song. Which I don't know why. It was a perfectly good song. <laughs> Um, and Jean basically makes her mom pass out and then they get into a car accident and supposedly her, her parents die. Both her parents die. Both her parents die. Even though as they zoom in on the, the close up <laughs> of her mom in the, in the rear view mirror, I see her dad's nose breathing. So when I first, at first. I don't know. That may have just been an accident. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I, that's supposed to be foreshadowing. <laughs> I think the actor just. Was not actually dead. <laughs> no, he wasn't dead. Also, how did you see he him was... breathing through his nose? I thought you maybe. I thought you, when you said you saw him breathing, I thought you meant like you saw his stomach or something. Like how do you? Which, Both. But how did you see it coming out of his nose? Like where's his mustache hair? No, like, like his his nose like oh, expanded. Oh. You know, like when you like take a big breath. Like yes, yes, yes. Like <laughs> no, I know, I know exactly what you mean now. I was, um, but then then he said that they were dead later. So I was like, oh, maybe he like died in the hospital or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so Jean is the only survivor because she's powerful. Which, here's the thing. The, the last movie what? heavily implied that they were going to go the same route as X-Men The Last Stand. Because as we know, I, maybe I should recap. So basically, 
you know, Jean, she's not born with the Dark Phoenix power. She, she absorbs it. Gets it from it. space. But, yeah. So in this movie, they're gonna do both. They're gonna do both because in the last <laughs> movie they, they implied that she was the Dark Phoenix already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why it's like they. I, I don't know. Maybe well, because Simon Kimberg didn't have complete control over Apocalypse. So then when he got so. to do this one, he was like, I want to tell like the Dark the Phoenix original. story proper. Yeah. But. I, but you know what? I think is. I'm a just gonna ignore it. <laughs> Again, the time honored tradition of just ignoring whatever the continuity, whatever is not convenient for the story you want to make now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, here's a story. Nope, don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, something that I think the writing could have done to make it a little bit more compelling is like to is for gray or is for jean to have control of her own powers and then it's the dark phoenix that she can't control mm. whereas like in this she can't control anything like first she can't control her powers when she's just normal and then she gets this big old powerful cosmic yeah. energy being and she still can't control her powers she can't control nothing and that tracks from the original films too where it's like obviously not as bad but that's something where she talks about at least not being able to use her powers completely. Yeah. That's, like, a big thing in X2, like, where she, like... No, yeah. You know, ...control her. Yeah, so... But, like, I, at least I think that would that would help more than, like, quiet, quiet, quiet! <laughs> Get out of my head! Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, is it sentient? Does it talk to her? Like, Venom? Like, like yeah, you know? know? Yeah, what, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on in that brain? Um, but anyway, so, yeah, she's in the hospital. She's fine. Um, because she was protected. Um, and we get this, I think, a really touching scene between her and Charles, who comes to basically bring her in kind of, he's like very reassuring. And I think James McAvoy has really come into the role at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, especially once like we get into bald Charles later on, (laughs) um, in the movie, like it it is very smooth. (laughs) Um, his voice like literally sounds deeper. Like he sounds, he's starting to sound like Patrick Stewart. I don't well, know if that was like intentional. He is an old man now. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's like very reassuring, and he gives like a good. I, I really like the analogy he gives about like the pen, yeah. where it's like it's just a tool. Like you can like write. I forget what he says, but it's like you can write poetry. Like I can stab you with it. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, but it's just a pen. Like ultimately, it's what you do with it mm-hmm. with the gift. Yeah. Um, and it kind of shows like it, it's a good. It, it captured, I think, Professor X as a character. Mm-hmm. Um. That's his total philosophy and everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so we f- flash forward. Um, oh no! This spaceship is going to get hit by a solar flare. <laughs> so the president calls in the X-Men. Also, how many times are we going to do the bit where Quicksilver saves almost everybody? But just misses one just person. misses that one dude. Well, this is technically, this is technically the second time. Yeah. But it's still, it was silly the first time, so it's like, oh, we're going to do that again. Yeah. And also, this was a much smaller space than a giant-ass mansion. Yeah, how did he miss him? <laughs> like, the, the ship was literally coming apart. How did he not see him? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so they all go into space. Um, also, this is a nitpick, um, but I mean, that's I've been doing this whole time. Um, who's the president? I guess it's like a fictional president, because here's the thing, yeah. is... The original films, the presidents were never, like, obviously, like, Bill Clinton or George Bush. Yeah. Like, it was always just, like, a fictional guy. But in these movies, like, we saw Nixon's a real president. JFK, they mentioned. 
So at what point did the president stop being historical president? We see Ronald Reagan in Apocalypse, in like yes, the TV. Yes. So when do they stop being, because this is 1992. So does George Herbert Walker Bush not become president? <laughs> does the vice president not get to become the president of the United States? Um, but anyway, so, but it's interesting how, like, this is what made me feel like it was, like, very schlocky, because it's, like, they have, like, a little, like, a, a special phone line to the president. Yeah. Like, how often does this happen? The president's like, we need the X-Men. That's like the Powerpuff girl. What do you mean? Um. There's no, there's no shame in it. I'm, I'm not saying, I, I think the president shame. should have, a, should have a dedicated I, line to a superhero. I didn't say there was any shame. I'm just saying. Also, why would why would they call them in for a, like a presumed solar flare? Like there's solar flares all the time, right? I don't know. Whereas like a giant robot's taking over the city. What know? is a solar flare? I was thinking about this. Like it's like a sun fart. <laughs> yeah, yes, but like what literally is it? Like uh, like if I got hit by a solar flare, like would it be like getting hit with a bunch of sand? <laughs> No. Or is it just like getting a bunch of sunburns? Or is it like getting an x-ray where like you don't see anything <laughs> oh my God. when you get an x-ray? Okay. A solar flare is an intense eruption of electromagnetic radiation, so it's radiation. in the okay. sun's atmosphere. Flares occur in active regions and are often, but not always, accompanied by coronal mass ejections, solar, particular, oh, solar particle events, and other solar phenomena. Oh, okay. So basically, yeah, I was just not confused. stuff you would want to be involved with. I don't know. I'm just, I just wanted to know. I just was confused. But anyway, so, but it's not, a, it's not actually a solar flare. No. It's the Phoenix Force. Um, yeah. but anyway, so I do like though that this film is a little more celestial because, yeah. like in in the comics, like the X Men go to space like quite a bit, I believe. Oh. Um, that's the, the not just X Men, but like the Marvel comics, like. The comics are just very like they like a lot more like they're just weirder like they're more supernatural or like in this case more cosmic. That's weird. Um, you would think it would be like human problems and not space problems. But. Well, I mean that's that's that was the big draw of Marvel was that like because before that like who are the big superheroes? Superman, mm -hmm. Batman, Wonder Woman. Whereas where it's like it's like really with Stan Lee. That you get things like Spider-Man, who's like a normal dude, yeah. like living in New York, as opposed to the DC comics where it's like Gotham City, yeah. Metropolis. They're all like fictional. fictional. Um, but that being said, especially like once you get into like the seventies, the eighties, like mm -hmm. they were on, they were all on drugs. <laughs> it was very like like you look at some of the art yeah. from these like comics, like the like I would frame some of these as just like weird art. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like the colors are like oh, it's all like pinks and yellows and like. Yeah. Oranges, it's like really wait, trippy so, and 70s y. Psychedelic uh, is the word I'm looking for. Wait, if it's moving through space, is it sentient? I think maybe this film does not delve into it, but I think in the comics it is, yeah. Okay. It it is this the other personality that Gina exhibits is okay. the Phoenix Force. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't know. It just looks like goo. Um how the fuck can they breathe in space? Because when they teleport idea. into when they teleport into uh, the other spaceship, because the spaceship has kind of been, like, rent apart, mm -hmm. um, it, it's, like, open. But, like, a quick, I think the only one who has a helmet on is, is Nightcrawler. Yeah. But but uh, Quicksilver doesn't have one. Then when Jean goes in and, Do like... Quicksilver doesn't have one? I don't think so. I think because he's, like, so fast or whatever. But it's it's not about... But if anything, he would need more time. air. It, he would need more because he's going, like... 
<laughs> well, it's not about the time of ex- like the amount of exposure. It's about exposure at all. Like, like your head will literally explode. Like, no, it's a myth. What? I think I think I think I read that's a myth that your head will explode in space. What? Are you sure? You'd be more likely to freeze first before your head explodes mm, because it's so true. cold. That's true. Um. Uh, I don't know because they have no regard for science. Uh, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> um, okay, so um, it's Quicksilver basically gets everyone back except for one dude. <laughs> but the fort, but the the Phoenix Force is gonna hit the thing, and the ship's gonna blow up. So Gene's like, okay, I'll go and hold everything together. And Quicksilver, you get the guy. So so Gene goes over. And she absorbs that Phoenix Force like she's like a little Duracell battery and just starts <laughs> sucking up all that shit. Um, and she survives. She's fine. Well, at first they think she died. They bring her back. Yeah. Oh, because the, cause the, cause the, sh- the ship like explodes. Mm-hmm. Remember, right? Yes. Um, and then, but then she turns out, she's all right. And everyone's like, phew. Because I mean, one of the things was that um, they were going to just leave that guy behind. But then Charles, who's just basically like the, their eye in the sky, like he's in Cerebro. Yeah. He's like, no, we don't leave anyone behind. Go, Gene, you can do it. Because Char- basically Charles's whole arc is like, he's like putting the priorities, o- the pro- he's like prioritizing like mutant kind mm-hmm. over like the individuals and like putting their safety at risk. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like his arc. And I do kind of like, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what were you going to say? Viv- Viviana has discovered something that she wants to tell me. Oh, well, well, okay, so I looked it up, and I looked up, why do you have to wear a helmet in space? And it says, the astronaut helmet protects its wearer from uh, micrometeoroids, solar ultraviolet, as well as infrared radiation, and Mm. then there's, like, some ellipses, but then both the helmet and suit provide protection from the dangerously low pressure of outer space. Without them, eternal internal pressure in the astronaut's body will push blood vessels and tissue outward. Mm. So kind of like uh, like the bends, but like yeah, space. I see. Okay. Um. But anyway, so she survives. Yeah. And <laughs> no regard for science. No. Well, I mean. <laughs> It is actually. And then, and then who? And then uh, Nightcrawler saves her, brings her back to uh, the ship. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, we thought you were dead. And she's like, no, I'm good. I feel better than good. She's like, I feel, oh, really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they land back on Earth and they're heroes. Yes, everyone's um, cheering. Someone literally has blue face, which is kind of offensive. Um, a, little, a little kid I has his face. <laughs> a little, a little boy has like his face color blue. Um, for three of the members, they're blue. They're all blue. Um, and uh, they go back to the mansion, and all the kids are like, "Yay!" They're all like lined up in the lobby, like, "Yay!" <laughs> um, and Charles is like, "Excellent ten points for Gryffindor. Everyone gets the day off of class." <laughs> Um, but Mystique is kind of PO'd at Charles mm-hmm. because he sent Jean back out there and sent Jean back out there. So she's like, you're putting like their safety above, like, 
or you're like not prioritizing their safety and you know um like you've changed um, and it is interesting to, like, see this dynamic, like, despite the films not doing a great job of developing their relationship, it is kind of cool to see how that relationship has evolved mm-hmm. um, over time. Um, it's definitely reversed, whereas, like, Mystique was very, you know... She like, should be the headmaster. She she was, like, the bad one in the other timeline, whereas he's more kind of, like... He's very morally gray, yeah. It's, it's cool to kind of see Charles so flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, but not be like the bum he is in Days of Future Past. <laughs> he has like a different kind of flaw. This is a flaw where he's like his like arrogance. Mm-hmm. More so than like his complete. Because in Days of Future Past it's the exact opposite. Yeah. He's like has no confidence in himself. Mm-hmm. Um, also we, we get the incredibly. It's totally true. But we get the incredibly cringy ex-women line. Yeah. Um. Just like, girl boss. Like I don't know. Ex people. Ex people. It should be ex people. Actually. Um. I figure like men is like like mankind. You know, not men like people who identify as men. Just like. Yeah. Well, I guess that is what it is. I don't know. It was kind of cringe. Ex person. Yeah. Makes it sound like they used to be a person, but now they're not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, a, I'm an ex-person. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, she's not wrong. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like literally... Like, the least... Especially in the early movies, like, Storm literally saved their ass every time. Yeah. And Mystique, even though she was a villain, was like the best villain. Like, yeah. it's always the women. She would always save uh, Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... But anyway, so then we cut to somewhere else and we see these aliens land on earth and jessica chastain is like just a normal woman with her family having dinner here's the dog barking <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know if this is insensitive i don't know if this is like a group that would get mad at me for saying this why does jessica chastain look like an albino <laughs> i don't know she's see just, she's just a very pale white woman with very white hair but typically her well uh, yeah but you know, her eyebrows. no it's because her it's because her her eyebrows are also really light so it looks like she doesn't have eyebrows yeah, well, um, she's doing a whoopee. But know? but Jessica Chastain doesn't normally look like that. I wonder if they were like, hmm, you can't have two redheads. They might get confused. <laughs> I don't know. Um, or maybe that's like what the character maybe. looks like in the comics. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess that's like her whole thing is that she's yeah. just like. I I wife. knew if like from the trailers that she was like some evil alien character, mm-hmm. and that's I thought that's why she looked like that. I didn't realize she was a normal woman who then the alien like assumes her <laughs> appearance. Maybe maybe it's supposed to be like uh, a symbolism trick or like a, a flip on the head of a of a symbol because like we associate like white with like purity and like clean and stuff mm. like that whereas like she's like an evil alien so she's like hiding behind the guise of a nice person like human lady hmm maybe not maybe probably just like a weird choice no i think you're on to something here well maybe not though because when i see a white person i recoil <laughs> you're white you recoil every time you see every time i look in the mirror yeah how'd you know <laughs> No, not because she's white, but like, like. Haven't you wondered why every time I go in the bathroom, I go ah? 
just the white hair, the white eyebrows, and the white dress. And the white coat later on. Oh, my goodness. Just a bunch of white, just shades of white. Oh, my goodness. In New York City, she's going to be so dirty at the end of the day. I remember one time I wore white pants to the dentist, and they came, <laughs> I left, and they came back dirty. This sounds like a stand-up, sp- like, skit. Like, once I went to the dentist. I went to the dentist. I was like, how the fuck did something get on my pants? I literally went to a place and came back. Um, anyway. So <laughs> all the young X-Men, all you know, are, you know, they have like a little party to celebrate their success of like literally saving the universe. Yeah. Um, so, because here's the thing that I don't know. Are, are Scott and Storm and Jean... They're not students anymore because they were teenagers in the 80s. This is like a decade No, later. yeah. But yeah. are they teachers? Yes. I mean, at the end, we see Storm teaching. But, like, it, it's kind of weird because I guess you know what it is? Is that they're pretty much all the same age, but they're not supposed to be. And so they just, like, treat the newer characters, like, as if they're teenagers, even though if she was, like, eight in 1975 and then 17 years later like she would be what like 24 yeah Yeah, so like it's not underage drinking or anything and like they totally have their own volition and like (laughs) that's what i was gonna say is like are they they are they with students and therefore are they drinking with students oh that would be a, a a boundary cross a a big no-no because there's a lot of people that party there's no way those are all teachers because if, if those are also teachers, why aren't they part of the X-Men? It's like, you can be a teacher, but you're not part of, like, our, like, our, like, intramural baseball team. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to, you don't get to, you know, uh, so like, you don't get to be part of, like, our sports team. Yeah. <laughs> you just get to teach. Um, but anyway, so, um, they're there, and then suddenly, and oh, so, Scott's, is, no, Scott's like, you know what the kids are calling you? The Phoenix. <laughs> You know, it was like a fucking trigger word. Like she was like hypnotized. She was like activated. Yeah. Yeah, and like every time you say Phoenix, she goes like insane. Like yeah. Um, and she <laughs> like kind of has like a spaz out and like essentially uh, sends out like a like a like a psychic blast. Maybe I don't know, but everyone gets knocked over. Oh. The trees get like slanted. Yeah. And it's funny because Charles is at like an event like in Washington D.C. But he still feels it. He kind of has like a Yoda moment, like in Order sixty six, when he like feels he's like. <laughs> Like he like can feel all the Jedi dying. Um, oh, that scene's kind of funny because he's like, he's like very salty at the humans, where he's like, you know, like heroes. I don't know about that, you know, but it's better than what you used to call us. Imagine if like there was like a, a celebrating black people event and being like, it's better than what you used to do to us. Like, yeah, like it was just very and the people. It's just funny because they kind of like laugh uncomfortably. Oh, They're like, ha that yeah oh, man why why are the humans painted so like are we really like that yes absolutely like, just, like look at what we do on a dime look at look at what we do to our own people who people like humans to oh, other humans like other like yeah. like we we segment ourselves into like different races different sexuality right yeah. like and like look how we like oppress and ostracize and stigmatize so many different like groups with just in our species as humanity. Imagine if there was like non-humans, oh, like mutants. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, Are you kidding me? That's true. Uh, people do better. Jeez. You heard it here first. <laughs> We've just stumbled upon something great. <laughs> Breaking news: Viviana <laughs> saves the world. Do better. <laughs> Don't be mean. Um. So, um. 
Jean, uh, they, they put her in bed to rest, I guess. But 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 Charles is not able to access her mind. Oh, no. She's so powerful. So they have to go to Cerebro because it'll amplify his powers or whatever. And I will say I do like, like the imagery mm-hmm. of her mind because we've never like seen that with Cerebro before. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that actually looked really cool. Some of the, I, I gotta say, some of the effects of this movie are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, the, I would say the VFX are pretty cool. Um, though the color is just so Oh my dark. god, I couldn't even see half the fucking movie because it was so dark. It was so hard to see. <laughs> um, it was so dark. To be fair, though, we always watch these movies, like, in the afternoon when the sun starts no, coming but in. But even still, still even still. still. Like, we clo- usually, like, we close the blinds and, like, it's fine. Like, with, like, Logan or whatever. But, um, at least Logan is high contrast. So, like... Yeah. When it's bright, it's really bright. Yeah, but like, I'm but this is just like, like even like, um, even at night, like the first opening scene, or like when he visits him in the water tank, like you know, you could still see it. Whereas like, there was a huge battle scene at the end, and I could not <laughs> see most of it. Because <laughs> I was like, um, what's going on? I'm seeing because I can because my where where I was sitting, the glare isn't as bad. So she was like. What's going on? What's happening in the movie? Because like as soon as when you're watching a movie like that, like if it's just one shot, okay, like I'll get over. It. But it was just like at a certain point when it's like every shot you can't see, then it was, it's like okay, I have to get up and close the yeah, blinds. Yeah, I mean now, it was like what like five ten minutes. Like I don't know how long that was, but it was like mm-hmm. a decent amount of time. Yeah. Know, like. Um. But while they're doing this, it's revealed that Charles, um, similar to I guess what he did in the Last Stand. But not to contain the phoenix because he didn't know about the phoenix. He like put basically mental blocks or walls yeah, up in her yeah. brain. Um and uh but he's you know he's trying to get into Jean's head, but the Phoenix is pushing him out, whatever. Yeah. Uh and Charles like, no, starts playing. He basically like, poops himself. What? Like cerebro wise. <laughs> um Yeah, his nose does start bleeding because it, it like is too much. Which is weird because last time didn't it just like go on the fritz or something? Like yeah, I don't know. He just, um, and then someone's like, she's changing. Into what? And then they were going to say, a young woman. Because <laughs> this whole thing's been about puberty anyway. Like, all these movies have been a metaphor for puberty. What? Really? I guess so. When do they get their powers? But they're old. When do they get their no, powers? Yeah, I know. But, like, she's, like, 24. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, in general. <laughs> um, the, uh, meanwhile... Uh, we see Jessica Chastain uh, links up with all of her other aliens. Yes, evil aliens. Um, and they basically do a big, again, like a big Spaceballs-esque explanation of everything. <laughs> like, we're aliens, their, their planet was destroyed by the Phoenix Force, they want to restart their species here. But they look at the camera and go, everyone got that? Good! It's, it's, it's kind of silly because it's like, oh, this ultra powerful force like destroyed our home but also we need that ultra power but also we need that ultra powerful force to like take over your world and make it our own like it's both a destroying and building like force i guess like i don't, I don't know. know yeah <laughs> they, they they really don't explain it okay chuck so it's very confusing as to like what the exactly the dark phoenix is and also, like, what it can do. and Because we can't just go off the comics. Yeah. Because, like, clearly this is not following no, the comics. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, the evil alien people are trying to take our world. 
Meanwhile, Jean wakes up and she's like, I heard my dad. He's not dead. I heard him. And Scott's like, um, no. Um, <laughs> Why has that never happened before? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess now that she has the Phoenix Force, she's able to overcome Charles's walls. Um, yeah, but like she, she, <laughs> she didn't think he was alive. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Anyways, she goes to she goes to see find her, her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it turns out, yes, he survived, yeah. and he gave her up because he was like, I can't handle a little a little freakazoid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, she she did like very much. I feel like unjustifiably lash out just because of a song. Uh huh. Like you could just wait. 30 seconds for the song to be over. You don't have to kill your parents over it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, she, she really played herself there. Um, <laughs> I know she didn't mean to, but you're getting yeah. that upset that your powers are, like, reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the X-Men come to find her. Yeah. Um, or they go looking for her and they find her. Yes. And she's like, you did this, Charles. Like, why did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And they try fighting her and all this stuff. And it's actually kind of cool to see, like, how powerful she is. Like, she's basically able to, like, counteract everyone's powers. Even Quicksilver's. Like, she's, like, literally able to, yeah, like... Yeah, that was crazy. She's, like, literally able to, like, perceive time slow mm-hmm. enough in order to, like, move out of the way from him. Yeah. Um, Like, that was the part that got me, like, I was like, oh, wow. You know? Um, oh, wow! <laughs> um, Mystique is barely in this movie. I think Jennifer Lawrence was tired of playing this role, and I don't think she oh, was really? going to come back. But she only came back, I think, as, like, a favorite of Simon Kinberg, because I guess she felt loyalty to him for some reason. I don't know why. Why was she tired of playing the role? She was tired of wearing the makeup. Mm. She, you know what I mean? Especially after Apocalypse, like, it wasn't, like, a particularly good movie. Yeah. I guess um, so, yeah. so she's, she's, and Jennifer Lawrence, she's definitely kind of phoning it in, mm-hmm. um, which is why they probably, because I don't think they thought of this as the last X-Men film, really. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think they were still keeping in mind, like, future films. Um, sure. So, but they're like, okay, she doesn't want to be in anymore, so we gotta kill her off. So this, <laughs> this bitch gets wolverined. Yeah. Wood through the, it's not technically a tree, it's what, a wood. It's just like a, going on? a plank of wood. Um, because basically she's trying to, like, reach Jean emotionally. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, they keep stabbing people. Because Jean basically pushes her away, literally, and then she uh, gets it through her stomach. Um, and Jean flies away and they all, and they all go back home. Uh, and everyone's very sad. Yeah. Uh, cause Mystique's like the best teacher at the school. She's like the cool, she's like, I feel like she's like the cool English teacher who yeah. lets you eat lunch with her <laughs> during lunch. Cause you don't want to go to like the lunch, like the cafeteria. Yeah. Um, and we actually get this pretty good scene where Hank is alone and Charles comes in and starts and kind of is reminiscing about Raven. Yeah. And Hank really blames Charles for her death because in a lot of ways, like, it's he Charles' fault that Jean's ended him. up. Jean ended up like this, but also stopped yeah, him. Yeah, but he also stopped him from like shooting her or like yeah. stopping her, whatever he was gonna do. Like I would say that this movie, like not everyone, like Jennifer Lawrence is phoning it in, but I would argue she's been phoning it in since the first or in for, since first class. What do you mean, like not really just performance, just like not really uh, not putting really. a lot of effort in? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they do a good job in the scene. It's like an interesting emotional um dynamic and like wrinkle to the story that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Like this, like, you know, because they kind of touched on a little bit earlier, too, with, like, the debate between Miss, um, Raven and Charles. And then Raven kind of talked to Hank about it later. And then yeah. Hank's like, you know, like, 
Like she she was gonna leave, but she didn't. Yeah, you so know, it's like both our parts, and like I can admit mine, but you need to admit yours. But he, I guess Charles can't. just can't admit that he's wrong, and I and I kind of like I kind of I, I'm actually able to kind of buy into this emotional drama because mm-hmm. I feel like in in a movie like this, like you would have just like a stock emotional scene like this is your fault but there's like this actually feels like very organic mm-hmm. to this yeah you know especially because like there's other but they don't they don't make a huge point of it but there's a recurring theme honestly throughout all these of like professor x not trusting hank mm-hmm. like especially with like in this film the example they give is like with the ship like he's like it's not meant to fly up in the you know but charles like is insisting like yes we're gonna we're gonna go up and save yeah. the pilots you know mm-hmm. um so there's this interesting idea where it's like, you know, I, I just do what you tell me to do. Like, like, can you just admit? Yeah. But there's a really interesting, interesting. It's, it, it feels yeah. organic. I never caught up on that, but yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the, the, the alien stuff just does not work for me um, <laughs> at all. Like, I thought, I thought the Dark Phoenix situation would have been fine on its own. Like, yeah. you know, like her just like. <sighs> completely going out of control not being able to handle things but then also like kind of like deja vu i guess of like oh i did all these bad things but i don't remember like there's something inside me yeah i don't know it, it I? I really don't understand like is jean so fucking dumb <laughs> what that she like they go to her oh well i but maybe maybe i'm jumping ahead but no, she uh, goes to see Magneti. Magneto first. Yes, yeah, so she goes to see Magneto of all people, and he's basically running a commune. Yeah, Magneti has, like, people <laughs> gardening and stuff for him. Um, I mean, it seems like a... Keep Magneto there. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, And she's basically... I, I don't even really understand why she goes there. Oh, basically, she's like, what do you... Like, you, you killed like, how people. Do you, how do you not yeah. kill people? Like... Yeah, like, how do you... How do you stop? Yeah. Which I, I wanted – obviously, he doesn't know the situation, but if mm-hmm. I were him, I'd be like, well, it was easy for me because I wasn't being possessed by, like, a cosmic force. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was pretty much just, like, a do-not-do kind of situation, <laughs> but you, you're – you know, it's a little bit different. Um, But this is, like – yeah, we get this, like – the film is just full of these, like, cliche lines. Yeah. That are just overused in movies in general. But specifically, this movie literally has her say something along the lines of, when I lose control, bad things happen things to the ones I love. Like, she says some variation of that, like, like, five times. Yeah, she says it, like, so much. I'm like, okay, we get it. What are you gonna do about it? Like, Yeah, it's it's just... This movie's just so boring! So, (laughs) the the Jean character, the Phoenix character, is just, like, super undeveloped. Um, It's really really funny watching Jean fly away. Because she just, like, looks up, and then they just, like, CGI, like, and she just, like, starts flying away. Um... So, um... Then she leaves, and then, uh... Then what happens? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she goes to the bar, and basically she's, oh, like, yes. pretending to be, like, an old man. Yes, yes. And, like, because, like, basically by, like, doing a deep fake, I guess, like... Yeah, like, um, remember when she made them invisible? Yeah, in yeah, Apocalypse. Yeah. But, like but Jessica Chastain comes in, and that is not going to work on the aliens. Mind games don't work on aliens. Um, and basically she's like, I can help you become, why does Jean listen to her? Like, is Jean stupid? Like, why does she not go, who are you? What do you want? Like, she has zero questions. It she just goes with her. strange 
monochromatic woman, uh, you know, <laughs> comes up to you in a bar and and she can't be tricked by your mind trick thing. You should ask some questions and you should not just take her proposition up just like that. Yeah, it's just. Um, she follows her so blindly. Yeah, so silly. So silly. Um, meanwhile, um, Hank um, goes to see Eric. Yes. Because he wants him to help him find Gene and kill Gene because Gene killed Raven and, and they both love Raven. They're just two dudes loving Raven. Yeah. They love That's So Raven <laughs> and they love Raven. Um, and and Eric's like, you know, if I find her, like, I'll kill her. And he's like, I know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's like. Hank. Even, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's cool to see, like, like, this movie, I feel like, could have been, he's, like. He's a lot more active. Yeah, like, I feel like this movie had the potential to be somewhat good. Yeah. Like, Apocalypse, I think, was just a dumpster star from the start. Like, it just, it was like, there's no way you could make that good. <laughs> yeah, but I like that Hank is more active in this. Um, and he has, like, his own goals and needs, and he's, like, a little conflicted, and he's flawed. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. his flaw been? Just not wa- being insecure about being blue, basically. I guess so. Also, I didn't understand that this was something he could go in and out of. I thought he was just blue. I thought the whole point was like, no. after first class, he was blue. Yes. But then in Days of Future Past, he's like, if I take a certain serum. Yeah. But then in the past, it seems like this, he could just do it at will. Yeah. Um, continuity error. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, oh, maybe he takes the serum, but he, he really did just like go in and out. Like, no. Like, I'm surprised they didn't do it when he was talking to, to Charles. Like, I thought he was going to turn, but he didn't, so. I don't know. Anyway. I think this is like my catchphrase of this of this show. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, it's really funny because basically they, so they're in New York. Yes. City. I think they're like on Central Park. Yeah, um, it seems like it. Like, like the Upper West Side, maybe. Yeah. Or Upper East Side. Um, so... They, they, they're all convening because the X-Men are able to find them. Eric and Hank are able to find them. Um, she's with the aliens. Yeah. Uh, and the alien, you know, is... Or or uh, Eric and Hank are like, we're going to kill her. Yeah. And this movie wastes their one F-bomb on Scott going up and like the, the dumbest, like, <laughs> like 15-year-old bro who, like, works out a lot and drinks a lot of protein shakes, like, touch her and I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> um... But, but anyway, so they all start fighting, and, and Eric has brought along his his merry band of mutants. And one of them has dreads that are like tentacles. Yeah. Which was, was so, kind of cool. That was cool and also weird. But, like, because, like, at one point, I think uh, Scott, like, takes one off. Like, he, like, you know. Um, Ouch. Could he feel that? Like. That would probably hurt really bad. Yeah, I bet. And now he he's like one dreadless, yeah. like because it wasn't like a bunch of dreads, like where you could hide it. It was like mm-hmm. it was like boxer braids, you know, like <laughs> where like if you lost one, you'd just be uneven in your head. Yeah, completely unrelated. Um, have you ever seen those videos of like people get haircuts, but they use like like a flamethrower basically, what? and they you know they they keep like quickly. Lighting it and then cutting it, and it has to, it, it like gives like a certain texture to the hair on the ends. Yeah, it's like really cool. Okay, I just reminded me we were talking about getting his tentacles sliced. Oh, uh, yeah, like his hair. And I was like, 
Well, those people wouldn't feel the, their hair burning, but he can move his like that. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, oh my God. So, so uh, Professor X goes into the, the place where Jean is, and Jean's like... Can oh. we talk about how Eric fucking pulls a subway car out oh, of the yeah. ground for absolutely no reason and then like every movie they need to be like what's something cool that Magneto can can control we've done we've every movie has its thing for the first movie it was all the guns remember that the train station he has all the guns pointed at the police officers yes in the second one it's blood oh yeah in the third one's a bridge in uh, first class, it's the submarines. Yeah. In Days of Future Past, it's a baseball stadium. In Apocalypse, it's literally the Earth itself. <laughs> this one they kind of do a little downgrade. It's just it's just a subway car. Oh my god! But literally every what? single one was that necessary though? Because he just wanted to like plug the building, but like couldn't he just move a taxi that was like? Because also you could just walk into the, the, but you could also just walk into the walk subway in. car and then walk out through the lobby. Yeah, or just like he didn't use the side of the car to block the door. He like put it. And like as if the sub as if the car was go- the subway car was going through the doors so you could just walk through the doors on the outside and walk through and then come out on the other side but, but anyway um charles, charles comes in and jean's uh, like walk to me so she pulls him up and makes him walk and this stupid so image ridiculous because if poor james mcfoy had and action he's <laughs> just like walking up the stairs also also it is is uh, Jean, like, ableist? Like, why is this a thing? I, I don't know. Because she's like, oh, like, you are you can be more powerful than you think, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This is where the movie really starts to become a blur for me. Like, it feels like a dream. <laughs> like, I don't even remember. Um, so, basically, for some reason, she's like, oh, why? Well, I mean, not not for some reason. Like, I know the reason. But she's, she just randomly just turns and is like, I don't want these powers. You can have them. Yeah. I don't want them. She's like... Okay, which begs the question, why didn't Jessica Chastain just steal the powers if she could take the powers in the first place? I think it, it was like a long transfer process. But why didn't? Why wasn't it the first thing she suggested to Jean? I don't know. Um, but anyway, they didn't finish the. Anyway, they didn't finish the transfer. Jessica Chastain escapes the. They, and also, we forgot to mention that Jessica Chastain and her alien people are evil. Well, that goes without saying. Well, yeah, but that's why she wants the powers, not because she like. Like, Jean genuinely just, like, wants the burden taken away, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're gonna destroy every living person on the planet. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Um, but then, anyway, they get taken by the authorities. At first, they were gonna take them to the icebox. Well, that's not where they went. <laughs> um, anyway, but because they didn't do a full transfer, uh, just Chastain's, like, chasing them, and they're in all these, like, this, uh, train. And like I said, this really becomes a blur for me. The effects are really cool. Yeah. But basically, she's after them. Um, and then I wrote Gene is dead. Um, basically, <laughs> there's this big fight sequence that I couldn't really see because it was so dark. That, that um, was so weird. Yeah, so basically everything happens. Really cool fight scene or whatever. Um, and, and then, then Gene explodes? I, I honestly was, like, doing stuff on my computer no, at the end. like, Gene has Jessica Chastain and she's about to kill her, like, by giving her... She's like, you wanted all this power? Well, you're going to get it. And so she's, like, transferring it into her, but, like, also killing her. But then, like, Scott, like, goes into the, like, force area. So, like, he starts to, like, die or whatever. 
Uh, and she, Bro, I missed all. I was doing. I was looking. <laughs> I was like on my phone. I didn't even and know she, all this. And she was like, she was like, oh no, Scott. And then and then Charles was like, no, don't kill her. You'll be just just like what they want. But also like. They killed literally everyone else except for Jessica Chastain, so that was... <laughs> like, literally all the other alien people, all the guard people on the train, the, the presumably, like, the cops on the street when they were, like, fighting each other. But no, don't don't kill Jessica Chastain. And she, she can't help herself, so she blasts off into space and kills Jessica Chastain, but I guess also kills herself in in the process like it was just one big yeah which which um is at the very least closer to the comics than last stand was in that in last stand x-men kill uh excuse me x-men wolverine kills her yeah whereas in this she it's a self-sacrifice which is what it's more like in the book actually the comic book oh it is okay it's a self-sacrifice i don't know if it's to kill so i i forget yeah but it's more of a self-sacrifice not to kill her, but to kill the phoenix. Like, in the comics, yeah. it's, she kills herself. Like, she... Yeah. Because, really, the enemy is within her. Whereas in this, like, she kind of could have... Like, if Jessica Chastain, for some reason, just dropped dead... Yeah. Then it would have been over, and Jean wouldn't have had to die. Whereas <laughs> well, in the comics, it's, know, like, the whole point... what she could have done... What? Is she could have, like, tossed her up, and then, like... And, like, you know, killed her. Yeah. They could have. They could have done a lot of but things. They, they could have made it. a better movie. They could have done... <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Charles decides so, to quit being headmaster. And well, first, and they they renamed the school after her, the Jean Grey Learning Institute. Yeah, I think they really just, no, they just changed the no, name from Xavier. Yeah, yeah, for gifted youngsters. Yeah. Um, and then Charles gives up. He gives up. Um, he goes well, he to retires. France. He retires. And I guess Hank is the new headmaster. He sits in his office mm-hmm. in his chair. So. Such representation, we finally have a blue headmaster. A blue person in office. A person of blue. Um, <laughs> And Charles goes to Paris. He's just hanging out. And who comes to visit him? But Magneto. Magneto. And he's like, we're going to hang out. We're going to play chess. And I'm like, this is very sweet. And kind of rounds us back <laughs> to the first movie. Um, But what's motivating this? Like, there was no scene in this movie. Like, this movie literally had, like, I don't even know these two friends? people spoke at all in this movie. Yeah. It's like, like, they barely said anything in this movie <laughs> to one another. Did they say anything to each other? If they do, I don't remember. It was nothing it was of like, real... Stop, Eric! You can't do this! Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... And then... And then it was over, and I and I clapped because it was uh, over. Uh, no post credit scene. No. Is that weird? There usually is, right? There, there's usually been one consistently since yeah. the last stand. Usually, hmm. um, though first well, class guess, didn't have one either. I guess there was no like hope. Or, first class didn't have one. Uh, Logan didn't want one either. Didn't have one either. Oh, that's true. I think specifically Simon Kimberg was like, no, I don't want to do one. Logan didn't have one, and Logan was cool. Oh yeah. I, he honestly said some kind of approximation of that. Yeah, that's what makes it cool. Yeah. Okay. Um. Great. Let's let's just do some. Maybe this is gonna be our shortest episode. It's only been an hour. Like I like I'm so bored. At least with the Deadpool two, we padded out, padded it out with a lot of random shit. Like literally, I don't even want to think about this anymore. I I have nothing to contribute. I I felt the same before and after this movie. It, it really didn't penetrate my heart. Okay, let's do some trivia. Yeah.
Um, so, uh, some of these are kind of funny. Uh, (laughs) the film's budget was set to be much smaller than the previous film due to the box office underperformance of X-Men Apocalypse. And executives even went as far to initially plan to release the film directly to home video and streaming. Oh, wow. The film was ultimately released in theaters and lost the studio almost $120 million as the second lowest... As the second lowest grossing X-Men film of all time, only beaten out by The New Mutants, which came out the next year, uh, which was released during the pandemic. Oh, damn. Uh, okay, this is the first X-Men film to not feature Wolverine in any capacity. Oh. Um, because all of them have at least, either he was a character, it was a cameo, or in the Deadpool's case, like in the very end, like he talks about Wolverine all the time. At the end of Deadpool, <laughs> yeah. like he has like the picture of Hugh Jackman's face stapled to his face. <laughs> in Deadpool 2, they use the stock footage from X-Men Origins Wolverine for the post-credits scene. Yes, and they also have the uh, the music box. Yeah, this is literally the first movie with, li- there's no reference, no nothing. Well, that's their problem right there. There you go. Uh, Ty Sheridan, who played uh, Scott, Cyclops, oh, okay. admitted shortly before the film's release that he wore a muscle suit throughout the production instead of working out. <laughs> did, did he need to, though? Like, is, is Scott known for being buff? Like, not really, right? Like, well, I, guess he, I guess he didn't want to look like a noodle man. But James Mars, James Marsden is a noodle man. Like it's okay. I don't know. Embrace one's noodleness. Uh, you're telling me. Look, I'm I'm as noodly as they come. But <laughs> uh, okay. During a podcast, director slash screenwriter Simon Kimberg took responsibility for the movie's negative critical reception, stating that he was to blame for the fact that audiences could not connect with the film. However, he pointed mostly at Disney. <laughs> like I, I'm to blame. But here's actually who's blame. <laughs> But, however, he pointed mostly to Disney for the film's commercial failure, stating that it was their decision to release it just after, just weeks after Avengers Endgame. Furthermore, in the wake of the Disney-Fox merger, layoffs in the Fox marketing team led to serious delays in advertisement. When Disney finally took over marketing duties, only two months of advertisement remained before the release, where ten months would be standard. Yeah. Because when did this come out? Like, in June, you said? Yep. Uh, Yeah, I I really think it should have been, like, a, a Thanksgiving movie. I think it would have done better. I mean, it still sucks, but, like, at least, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? No. The okay. villains were... Oh. <laughs> okay, well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so close that it would be over, like, outshined by Endgame. So it would be some time in between. Oh, I see right? what you mean. I think you meant... I, I see. You... And, and that's a prime spot, you know? I thought you just meant like, because it would be a good Thanksgiving time. No, because oh. because Thanksgiving, people are home, people are with their families, when they're done eating and whatnot, you know, they go to the movies, that, that's like a prime thing, that and Christmas and also like summer, summer blockbusters like when people are out of school, right? So instead of doing it in June, like, right as people are going out of school, but also still thinking about Ooh. Endgame. Uh-huh. You know, then... Yeah, that would have been better. There was a whole they they should have hired me as their business consultant. A soft yeah, at the time sophomore in college. <laughs> yeah. Um, the villains were originally going to be the scrolls, which oh, were the aliens from Captain Marvel. Oh, the green and, guys. And in fact, this movie had many reshoots. Some of them being the fact that the movie was very similar to Captain Marvel, actually. <laughs> Obviously, um, they did some reshoots, so it wouldn't be so similar to, to the Captain Marvel movie, which yeah. also came out like a couple months before this. Oh my god! Because um, think about it: Al- shape shifting aliens takes place in the nineties. 
um, space powers, fiery, yeah, like fiery, like like the creatures, very like almost like fiery imagery of like yeah. the, the female hero. Um, this one just makes me laugh. Sophie Turner studied mental illnesses in preparation for playing the Dark Phoenix. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, as a mentally ill person, I have no idea how to take that. I don't even know what it's supposed to mean. Like, like, like schizophrenia. Like you have like, a, but what is she? Another, or like split personality? Like what? I don't what know. Is, um, Brian Singer was initially announced as a producer, but when sexual assault allegations about him started <laughs> surfacing, his name was removed for the credits. Yikes. Um, it was originally meant to be a two-film story. Oh. In pre-production, 20th Century Fox was unhappy about the escalating costs, so the account of the second film, Simon Kimberg then had to retool his script to accommodate the full story into one screenplay. Maybe it would have been better that way if it was two films. Like Maybe they would have had a little more room. So yeah. like, to make, But I can't imagine... Two mediocre yeah, two mediocre films. Yeah. Or maybe two okay films as opposed to one mediocre film. <laughs> um, the film's infamous ex-woman line, uttered by Mystique, was rather controversial with fans and critics, especially when the scene in question was used as a promotional teaser. It was seen as a condescending attempt to reference feminism and the hashtag MeToo movement. Ironically enough, in Deadpool 2, the title character makes a tongue-in-cheek joke about how the name X-Men is supposedly sexist. How do you feel about that as, as the resident woman on the, on the show? <laughs> Um, I thought it was a little cringe, but I, I'm not sure I would say it was like condescending. Like, I, I just feel like it's very like it was. I feel I think like the point is like it, it feels like it's like it's try it pandering. It was, a it was out of place. Like you could bring that up, but like that that wasn't the time and place. It was like just a throwaway line. It wasn't like an actual organic part of like the drama that was taking place. Yeah, or like you know. The, being, you know, kind of commenting on something happening in the story. Like, you know, why is Jean out of control? Because, you know, she doesn't get as much practice time because all the boy mutants are, look, you know, they get more time yeah. to develop or whatever. And I don't know. This film primarily filmed, again, like in like the first half of 2018. Yeah. Um, or 2017. All right. So it was like the right around that time that Me Too was like really, really big. Sure. And not yeah. that it isn't still big, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine that was very much a reaction to, like, oh, what if we put this line in? But then, like, it's just cringe. But also, like, at the same time, why are people mad at that but not mad at Deadpool? Like, Interesting. Well, Deadpool, I think it's, like, poking fun at it as opposed to, like, this, like, is, like, was meant to be, like, a sincere, like, like, <laughs> girl it? boss moment. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway. I don't know. Anyway, um... Websites were um, like Mashable and Uproxx reported incidents at their screenings where fire alarms went off during the film's third act, and some people did not want to return to finish watching it afterwards. <laughs> oh yikes! <laughs> um, the 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 subway train crashing through the wall behind Magneto is, is a real train on a hydraulic rig. It was supposed to stop a few feet further back, but traveled further than intended, knocking down some ceiling tiles very close to Michael Fassbender. Fassbender, ever the professional, didn't even flinch, and the shot made it into the finished film. <laughs> That's like with Leo, when he, like, cuts his hand, and he's, like, really screaming. Oh, in, in Django Unchained? Yeah, or, like, or, like... He uh, actually had blood, and he was, like, rubbing it on Kerry Washington's face, and, like... <laughs> or, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vertigo? Vigo? Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. When, when he kicks the, the, helmet, the helmet. To, helmet in the two towers, yeah. 
Um, oh, I can't wait till we do that. That's a franchise with four more films. Yeah, baby. That'll be one we. I don't know. That's gonna be a lot. That's gonna be that, because if yeah. we do what we do now, where we watch it and then record, <laughs> that's like a six hour. That's like the whole day of just doing the we're, podcast. We're gonna have to trim that down a little bit. <laughs> Um, and then I actually noticed this one during the film. The special team that captures the mutants near the end are the are called the Mutants Control Agency in the comics. Mm-hmm. But the patches on their shoulders actually read MCU. <laughs> this may be an in-joke to the fact that Disney bought 20th Century Fox in 2019, meaning that the X-Men was absorbed into Disney's Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, you were the one that caught on to that. Because I, I I'm, I'm, I'm a genius. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, huh. I thought it said MCC because it was like Mutant Containment Center. But. Media, culture, and communications—the the program at NYU Steinhardt School. <laughs> so that's a very specific no. reference. Oh, the MCC program. Oh. Um, okay, so let's talk about the critical reception, which is, is not any? good. It is by far the <laughs> is by the the worst received film. Yeah. On both Rotten Tomatoes and Letterboxd. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has a twenty two percent. So it means that only 22% of critics gave it a positive review. And who knows what – that? those could have all just been like sixes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think anyone gave this like five stars, must go see, A+. plus. You know how like people use the thing, like, like the term like, oh, it's just one – like one apple doesn't spoil the bunch. Well, this batch, this bunch is spoiled. I mean like – Rotten! I, like I said, I've been keeping track of our ratings yes. for the films. And, like, averaging them out. Yeah. And looking at our, like, averaging, like, the whole series out um, for both of us, as well as, like, the, I'm talking about the the letterbox scores, as well as just averaging all of, like, the, all the letterbox scores. Okay. Like, the, the, the average score for the X-Men franchise on letterbox would be, like, 3.1. I was like, that's really low. But then you remember, like, all these, a lot of these movies have, like, really low, because, like, a lot of these movies are really bad. And that's something that we're going to kind of talk about in our next episode when we kind of finish up the X-Men franchise. Oh, we're almost at the end. Um, oh, and we're going to end it on the worst one. Aww. Well, I, this may be the worst. I don't know. Okay. But but um, it's it's the thing that we're kind of seeing with this franchise is like it really is a crapshoot. You do not know what you're going to get. With the MCU, yeah. you like you have a pretty good di- <clears throat> excuse it, me, idea where it's like. Is it that hard? Like, I mean, like the MCU know. makes it work. I don't know. Do they? Maybe Kevin will will spruce it up a little bit because this is this is just probably sad. not though because like, like I don't know they're like, so cool like I mean, I'm not a huge fan with what they've done with like Spider Man and like yeah Spider Man movies kind of the the MCU ones you mean yeah yeah hot take like <laughs> but you know what I mean like I I would say I think the value of something like I'm kind of spoiling like what I think we should talk about in the next episode but like one of the things about the X Men franchise is like. I'm kind of down with their approach because, yeah, you get a lot of shitty movies, but then you get some, like, really great ones. Whereas with, yeah. the, with the MCU, like, it's a lot more, like, consistently yeah, good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, you don't have as, as many, it's more like, really, really great cultural. ones. And I think that's why they, they keep making, like, okay movies, you know? Because it's, it's very cultural. The, the way I heard it described cultural. is, like, the way I heard someone compare it, I think this is a great comparison, um... Not in reference to X Men, just looking at the MCU in general. Okay. Um, is that it's like fast food, mm. where if, if you go to a McDonald's in Iowa or Kansas yeah. or New York or California, a Big Mac is probably gonna taste the same. Yes. 
there's is meant to be standardized, but because of that, like it can only be so good. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, if you just try like a random burger place, yeah, it could either be amazing, yeah, or it's gonna be awful, yeah, or it could also just be okay. Yeah. But like, you don't know is is the point. Um, yeah. and that's kind of like the analogy where it's like. Other movies, like, can be more, like, artistic. Artistic's the wrong word, but, like, auteur. Like, there's more of, like, a voice, a creative yeah. vision. And that with vision Logan. may be good or bad. Yeah, like with Logan. It, precisely. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I do give this franchise credit that it, it tries new things. is different viewpoints, different That's directors. True. That is. Different that, kinds of movies. Like, you have something as silly is. as X-Men Origins Wolverine and then something as serious as Logan. <laughs> like, it's amazing those are in the same franchise. That's true. Like, I... I do give it credit for that, and, like, it's bold, and it tries new things, and, like, you know, but I don't know. There's just something, there's just something mm. about the good old days, you know, that's just, like, you, you just, like, can't compete, or at least the, these ones haven't been able to. Compared to the older X-Men films, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's put a pin in this, because this is great stuff for the, next one. the, the last episode. Yeah. Because in addition to talking about New Mutants... Um, I was debating if we should have a whole separate episode just talking about the franchise at large. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think? Do you think it's better just Mm -hmm. to talk about at the end of New Mutants or have its its own episode? Like a short, it could be a shorter episode, like just 30 minutes. Like, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Like if we have a lot, if we don't have a lot to say with New Mutants, then I I say tack it on. But, you know, if it's our regular like two hour, you know, hour and a half, then, you know, that's that's kind of laborious. Yeah. It may be kind of good to like have like a breather and just like, even if it's a shorter, just 30 minute episode, just talk about, we'll do that for all the franchises. Yeah. Also, ladies and gentlemen, I I hope you guys are enjoying this because... (laughs) Like, you're kind of hearing a podcast get developed on the, uh, while we're doing the podcast. Yeah, because... Like, we're kind of, like, coming up with it, like... We're stockpiling it, so we're not able to get, like, reception. We're kind of workshopping later. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so once... Like, once while we're recording, this comes so. out, you know, and you're listening, feel all free All four to, people. Yeah. Yeah. Please, by all means, give us... Let us know what you think. And, Hi, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Yeah, if you think your mom, if you think your mother is listening to this, not listening to this, <laughs> this goes against your mom's whole ethos of like movie watching. I'm just like my mom gets mad at me if I talk about this for like two minutes, like like, if, like even like the slightest she, analyzer. She got mad at me when I left a Chang Chi or Chang Chi. Sorry, you just say Chang Chi. Yeah, because I I was like laughing and I. You're racist. That's what. No. Um. So here's what the critical consensus is on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, back bringing it back to the 22. percent Um. Dark Phoenix. This is the 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 consensus. Dark Phoenix ends an era of the X Men franchise by taking a second stab at adapting a classic comics arc with deeply disappointing results. Oh no. But I think that's exactly right. I don't know if I would use deeply, but definitely disappointing results. Especially because, like, here's the thing: is I I'm very picky with movies. I think sometimes I get a bad I get a bad rap. Yeah. Or bad rep? Is it a bad rep or rap? Uh, rep. I get a bad reputation. Yeah. Like, people like, oh, like, you're, like, too hard on movies. Yeah. But, like, I don't watch, I don't start a movie going, oh, I can't wait to, like, this be bad. Yeah, like, yeah. like, every movie, there's so many times I watch a movie that, like, ends up being, like, bad or, like, or even just okay, that, like, the first 10, 15 minutes of it, I'm like, you know what? I'm into this. I really, like, yeah. like I, yeah. I try to find the good. 
Yeah. But it's like, I can't help but also notice the stuff that doesn't work. Because, like, once you... Like, I want to be the one person, like, I take pride in being, like, the one person who liked Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> like, like I want to go into movies and that are supposedly major awful. A huge fan of the Boss Baby. A huge fan of the Boss Baby. Like, I don't <laughs> mind... I, I'm, I'm okay being outspoken and liking things that other people don't like. So this isn't yeah. me going into it being like, everyone told me this was bad, so I'm just going to think it's bad without making my own opinion. Like, I went into this hoping it would be good. Yeah. I, everyone else was wrong. No, it's like, it, it really is transformative. Like, obviously you went to, like, film school and stuff, and, like, I had some film training, but, like, you know, talking to you, but also, like, doing my own research and, like, you know, becoming an uh, honorary film bro and whatnot. <laughs> you know, it's like you really You're part take, of the club. Yeah, you, like, really take off these, like, rose-colored glasses of just, like, being a watcher for like entertainment purposes and like you know you can really appreciate like all the effort time money sweat blood that goes into movies and like you know the finished product is it's kind of amazing like you know when I was a kid I knew nothing about behind the scenes and stuff right so once you finally figure that out like you're like okay we could have done something differently to make it better, you know? But I feel like a lot of times either, you know, it's probably a lot for money, but, like, just trying to appeal to the masses and not so much, like, making good work. Like... that You're, you're hitting the head... Like, you're, you're really hitting the nail on the head. Like, it's like completing your homework assignment, but, like, not doing a good job. Just, like, doing it to be done with it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like... It's like we do your math homework and you have the right answers, but you didn't show your work. Yeah. So it's like, like once you know. I mean, that's like, it's just a big problem in Hollywood that's just been like since for decades. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like we're We're, we're not really saying anything new here. Yeah. We're not trying to be assholes or anything, but like, you know, you you can tell eventually if you've, if you've seen a shit ton of movies, like, like we have, like, you know, you can tell. You can see where they're being lazy because, like, they're just, like, copying what other movies are Yeah, doing. you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on a film degree. Like, if you just watch a bunch of movies, you can tell, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like... I think I've noticed you having, like, a, a more keen eye. Yeah. Like, because we'll be watching stuff, and then, like, you'll say something and be like, why do they do that? And then you'll answer your own question by being, like, <laughs> by being, like, you know, if it's, like, why did they write that scene that way? It's, like... Oh, probably because that actor didn't want to be in the movie. Like, that, <laughs> like, like, like you're you're more aware of like because like, like not even like specific <laughs> movies behind the scenes, but just like the idea of like being able to tell like okay, this was probably done this way yeah. for not a creative reason, but like a really dumb like real world reason. Yeah, I mean, because you you really do have to like take that into account. I think like when you start to notice those things, those plot holes, those like. You know, things that just don't add up or make sense. Like, you know, you have to think about like, oh, this this probably something happened here. You know, like <laughs> it's not just shitty for its own sake. Sometimes it is, but, you know, sometimes it's not. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, all that to say, you're listening to this and obviously you like movies and you don't care. But other people like my mother, they don't really care to talk about movies yeah. in, in this extent well, in depth. Well, because when I, cause I certainly feel like. Like, there's the whole thing about it's, like, when you go to film school or, like, or just do, like, what you're describing where you just, like, watch a lot of movies and learn more about it. Yeah. It kind of ruins movies for you. Yeah. But I think that's, like, not a fair assessment because I think it it just makes you more aware. Yeah. So I think it makes you, like, 
if you're just like a normie. <laughs> sure. Like you might see one movie, you might see a movie and, oh, like, oh, I liked that. Or you might see the movie and be like, I didn't really like it. Having a better understanding of it means that the stuff that you wouldn't like, like you really don't like. Yeah. But the stuff that you like or that you would like, you really like. Like it just makes yeah. you have stronger opinions about it. Yeah. It's just Which like, I feel, whereas most people just watch movies and just go like, oh yeah, that was good. Eh, it wasn't for me. Like people want to enjoy movies, right? Yeah. So it's like if they, if they. Especially if they go time, to the theater and see it and spend money. Yeah. So if they take the time to like, you know, dissect it and say like. You know, this, I really enjoyed this, but here's how it could have been better. Like, kind of, you know, it is a little too decisive for some people. Like, you know, they just, they just want to, like, enjoy it, right? Like, they don't want to. It's like, why am I doing homework afterwards? Yeah, like, like, why are you criticizing it so much? You know, you, like, go to a a museum and you see a painting and you like it or you don't. It's not like, we're not going to talk about, like, what it's mm -hmm. made of or, like, the process or what it means or the interpretations or the cultural, Mm -hmm. you know, value of it. You know, because because then that it takes it apart. It really, it really like makes it make it. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I guess it kind of be like for me. Like I don't know anything about like cooking. I, I like I do cook sometimes, but like yeah. I'm not like a color. Like I I don't like I, I don't eat food or see the seafood the way that someone who like really understands it understands like yeah. combining different tastes. Like almost like as like an artistic venture. Yeah. I don't understand that, so I can't imagine thinking about my meal for hours after eating. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think it's the same for people. Like for them, it's just food. It's just something to mm-hmm. nourish your, um, uh, like, um, your brain. Like you just want to yeah. be entertained. Yeah. Like it's nourishing your desire to be entertained or, yeah, or, like you know, it or moved. Yeah, good or whatever. And like, but she can talk for hours about real estate. I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. shit about the real estate market. Um, <laughs> so I really hope she listened. I hope she, I really hope that she's like, you know what? I think I'll finally give her podcast a chance <laughs> and starts with this one. What is this? Like 12? This is our 12th episode. 12 yeah. This will be, this will be the 12th in. episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, one last thing about the critical reception in letterbox. terms of contemporary letterbox, 2.2 out of five. Um, yeah. the lowest, again, the lowest of any film in the franchise. Yeah. Uh, though New Mutants is not much higher. Yeah. Which we'll talk about, uh, in our next episode. What? Uh, okay, so this is gonna be hard. Favorite part of the movie. Ugh. I'm going to say James McAvoy. Really? Why? Um. Because he was kind of a, 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 a knob in this movie. Yeah, but like... Not not him, but the character, Charles. Yeah. I don't know. At least it was, like, interesting to watch. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. And, like, I mean, it's it's Professi. You know? Mm-hmm. You gotta love Professi. Um, kind of, like, a familiarity and, I don't know, just, like, the one part that I, like, could tolerate watching. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. The, I guess that's yeah. it. I mean, the rest seemed... Pretty silly. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go with specifically the scene where Charles meets a young Jean. Mm-hmm. That little interaction. I thought that was very cute. Yeah. I thought it was really captured both of their characters fairly well, particularly Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, hold, hold on. Ah. Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to leave that in. No. I'm going to leave that in. No one um, Okay. Rating. One to ten. A five would be like mediocre. A four would be like it's bad. You gave Apocalypse a four for reference. Um, you could go lower than four <laughs> if you want. 
This is very generous, but I guess a five. Like so, a little bit better than Apocalypse. A little bit better than Apocalypse, but still incredibly okay. boring and not okay. emotionally worth investing at all. Okay, you you gave Deadpool a five. So, which would you say is better? Ooh. <laughs> um, I feel like this is easy. Come on. I feel like th this one was better because I just what the I, Deadpool. I just have a strong disdain for Deadpool. I don't know why. Jeez, okay. You heard it here first, folks. Dark Phoenix. That just not Above like, Deadpool. That just did not land for me. But, like, also with this one, like, it didn't land either. But at least it's, like, you know, I don't know. Just, like, yeah. make my skin crawl, which is I'm just more like a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to give this a five as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just painfully mediocre. Yeah. Um, Painfully. Very painful. Deeply disappointing, yeah. as Ron Tomeo said. Now, the question is, is it better than Apocalypse? Oh. <sighs> I mean, you said yes. But I said yes because the whole concept seems kind of silly, and also it's not very focused. I... <sighs> I feel like Apocalypse is just, like, it was just played out very silly. Like, here's 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 where I stand up. I feel like Apocalypse has higher highs. Yeah. But lower lows. Yeah. Like, because Apocalypse so. has, like, all the stuff with Magneto in Poland and stuff. Oh, and, like, shit. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I feel like they, they should have. That, that makes me sad, remembering that those parts, those good parts are in there. I'm going to give this movie a five. And I'm going to put it. Below Apocalypse. Yeah. I, I, during the movie, I was thinking, I think, I think this is better than Apocalypse, but it got worse and worse and worse as it went on. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, like you said, like, I think I'm being generous with a five, like in, in some ways it should be like, I, I don't think I would give my, I don't think I could bring myself to give it a four because yeah. there was nothing like horribly bad. It was just like Venom is a four. Venom is a bad movie. The editing is bad. The writing makes no sense. Venom. Like, like I feel like once you get into four territory, it's like literally like as a film, it is like starting to be like bad. Yeah. Like it, it's like I um mean, like it has some redeeming qualities. Like the VFX are cool. Uh, the concept, I guess, it's kind of forgettable. Cool. You know, it's yeah, like I don't know. So I'm gonna give it. So this is my worst X Men film. It's like a breeze. You know, so far, comes and goes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I, I know, I know. Um, all right. That's it for this week's episode. Of now, that's what I call a franchise. Next week, we'll be watching the, the next and final film in the franchise, Ooh. as of now, at least. Oh, yeah. Uh, the 2020 film, The New Mutants. Viviana, where can they find us? You guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Franchise Podcast to stay up to date. We know you guys have many podcasting options, and we thank you for choosing us. Peace out, guys. Bye.